Welcome in. This is your watch party for this week's WGC FedEx St. Jude Invitational. Notice I didn't say cut sweat show because there is no cut, so not really much to sweat there. But I think we can use this opportunity to kind of see how the first two rounds have played out and how we think it's going to go over the final two rounds. Maybe some opportunities to bet guys and maybe some opportunities for showdown. Also, a couple of interesting storylines like the fact that Cameron Smith has 16 putts through 17 holes. So if he can one putt his final hole of the day, uh, that would be PGA Tour history. If he two putts it, he would add his name to a long list of other golfers who have accomplished just 18 putts over the course of a single round. And if you're interested in following my guys, Jordan Spieth and Brooks Kepka both just made bogey on the easiest hole of the day. They have two of the three bogeys on number 16 today. Absolutely atrocious stuff. Let's go to the big board here. What I've got going on here is a lot. I still have cut sweats open on the right hand side, cutsweats.com. This is Nelson's site. Great site. Um, I know that he has been uh, kind of teasing things on Twitter about the opportunity to see the value of your lineup. So hopefully that is coming soon, but I like to use it as a reference for what the ownership is over uh, you know any tournament, I'm currently looking at the pitch and putt, the million dollar guarantee prize pool uh, on DraftKings right now. So I, I'm kind of keeping an eye on those uh, very very high owned golfers. I know a lot of you are with me with Kepka and Spieth, 24 and 20 percent owned respectively. We have the the big board, just the leaderboard over here on the left hand side. We can go to the tracker. Uh, we can keep an eye on the strokes gain numbers. There's a couple in- interesting developments there. We can go to the live leaderboard, which is we're going to use to be able to to look at uh, the odds for the rest of the way. And of course, we're going to use Caesars, uh, which used to be called William Hill, now Caesars Sportsbook. They've rebranded uh, to see what the live all odds are and to see how this might pan out. Uh, if you have any questions, any specific players that you want to take a deep dive at, be uh, feel free to drop them in the chat. There has been a couple of interesting developments lately, and I want to talk about them before I forget about them. And one of them is Max Homa. So Homa is here, was playing pretty well, birdie 15, 16, 17, before he made a double on 18, hit it into the water on his second shot. This is, um, there are a few things that I really like to look at in terms of whether it's a showdown slate, whether it is guys that are likely to bounce back, something like that. The three things that I think are are most indicative of a bounce back round are guys who are putting well below their putting uh, baseline, also guys that have penalty strokes like this one here and guys that don't take advantage of par fives because on the PGA tour, uh, you know, these guys absolutely destroy the par five. So those are the three things that in my opinion, and I've kind of run the numbers on this a little bit are most indicative or most closely correlated with kind of these one-off random bad rounds, right? So they're unlikely to continue to happen over time and they're an opportunity to invest. So that's kind of the way that I look at it. So I see Max Homa who, you know, we can pull up Homa on the tracker here and find him and kind of see the way he was rolling before 18. And we're going to go hole by hole and I'll try to zoom in. Hopefully you guys can see this a little bit better. So, um, well, I got to zoom out a little bit more than that so I can see. So off the tee, let me get this out of here for now. Off the tee, 
He was, and they're in a commercial right now, so we're not missing anything. Uh, his back nine, he gained strokes on 10, 13, 16, 17. Didn't lose big anywhere. It was, he put himself in an awkward position on 18. Then you look at his uh, approach number. So on his back nine there, let's see, round two, small loss, small and loss, big gain, zero, zero, big gain, zero, zero, this. Losing 1.35 strokes on approach on a single hole is a massive number, and it changes his, really it changes his round from gaining, what would this be? Basically gaining 1.1 strokes on approach this round to losing a quarter of a stroke, right? So it really is a big difference, and it's not really indicative of how this is going to go. So I look at Max Home, and he might be too far back now. Um might be too far back, but he's at six under. He's seven off the lead, but that lead might be two strokes. And I thought I saw him at 100 to one. That's a really interesting number on number on Max Homa. He was 110 to one before the event started. If you are looking for a guy very far down the board, I think Homa is option number one. Now, someone probably a little bit closer to the board, uh, to the top of the leaderboard. Things that are a little bit um, unusual. Let's see. This Carlos Ortiz stat line is still very impressive. You know, Carlos Ortiz gaining a lot of strokes off the tee, gaining a lot of strokes on approach. He's been a zero putter through two rounds. He's going to end up being, well, he's got a couple of holes left to play here, and he is 50 to one. So Carlos Ortiz, 50 to one, has to play eight and nine. Eight and nine are playing to a zero, thanks to our friends over at Data Golf, playing to a zero combined. So if he gets in at seven under, he's going to be six back, but he's really only going to be four back off of second, which we know disaster can kind of lurk. So Ortiz at 50 to one, also very, very interesting. Let's see what else we've got. Go back to the, the Rick Run Good Live Leaderboard. They're still in commercial, so you're not missing anything here. I think they're just coming back out now. Yeah, DJ's teeing off here. So what else is a little bit unsustainable? You know, I worry about um, Sam Burns losing strokes off the tee, being barely a positive approach player, and gaining a ton around and on the greens. If you want an idea of how unrealistic something like that is, um, I can pull up Sam Burns' numbers. for the season. And we can see that this is very, very rare for him. Louis is putting from off the green on 18 for birdie. So let me pull up, uh, actually Sam Burns is, um, golfer profile here, because we're going to be able to see why this is so concerning that he's gaining so many strokes on and around the greens. Yeah, because he's normal. Like when he's playing his best, it's ball striking. It's off the tee. It's approach. It's being a zero putter. Um, the fact that he is not particularly good around the greens, you know, uh, that would be concerning that he is that he's doing what he's doing at the moment. Try to zoom in on this a little bit. So Cam Smith, one hole to play. It's kind of funny. There was a weird little quirk going on because there's something else I'll show you here as well. There was a weird little quirk where. Sam Burns, or excuse me, uh, Cam Smith was on pace, and he still is kind of on pace to to break the record for fewest number of putts 
in a single round, yet he was uh, not even gaining the most strokes putting on this second round because some of them he was making from off the green and things like that. It's a cumulative stat. There was some kind of some weird quirks, but I thought that was interesting. And if we actually go to the leaderboard and we see who leads the field in putting now, it is Cam Smith, but it was Jordan Spieth. He lost on one hole on 16 right here. I think you, I hope you guys can see this on 16. He lost 1.33 strokes putting on that hole alone. Um, that is probably the one of his worst hole single holes in a very, very long time, which kind of makes me optimistic about his ability to bounce back, but I don't think he's going to be able to bounce back and necessarily win, right? He's kind of too far back from that unless he's going to be able to get, no, nah, I mean, he's still probably too far back. Hits a decent one. He's still going to have 26 feet from the fringe on 17. Even if he makes two birdies coming in, he's at four under. Yeah, he's probably, oh my God, Webb made bogey on 18. Killing me. How hard is 18 playing that these guys are? It's not. It's not playing. It's, it's playing nearly dead even. That is brutal. Mike says, is there any chance of pulling up last year's leaderboard and telling me if Tom Lewis T5'd? Uh, sure. I'm sure, I'm sure you're just one, uh, one, one Google, one Google search away, but I'll pull it up on the, uh, the Holy grail just for kicks here. So what do we got? WGC FedEx. Okay. Players out of here. Make sure I get everybody WGC and we'll go with 2020 and sort by finish. Tom Lewis finished T2. There you go, Mike. T2. Harris English, um, does he have the staying power? Well, 24% of you, according to cutsweats.com, really hope so because he is the second highest owned golfer on the slate. So let's look at what Harris English has been up to. Uh, and we can kind of go round by round here. Round one. Harris English was third in the field on approach, led the field in putting. I would normally be concerned about him gaining this many strokes putting, but the fact that you offset it with being one of the best approach players, that's how you get one of these really, really, really low rounds. Okay, so what has he done in round two? Well, gain strokes off the tee, another two on approach, not nearly as hot with the putter. This is much more, this is much closer to what I would want to see from Harris English and what we would expect from Harris English on a week-to-week basis. Uh, Cam Smith is going to have about 14 feet or so on 18 to break the record for fewest putts in a single round on the PGA Tour. So obviously we'll keep an eye out on that. But this is a really optimistic uh, stat line for Harris English. And when you look at what he's done now over two rounds and not everybody is done, but he is by far and away the best player on approach. Um, he's still racking up strokes putting. I don't expect him to gain three or three and a half over the course of a single round, any other round moving forward, but he doesn't have to, those are already banked for him. So I'm, I'm very happy with this stat line. And what you'll notice is again, every single stat across the board, he's gaining. Why is that important? Because when Harris English plays well, as he did all of last season, as he did at the tournament of champions, and as he has done recently, it comes from being consistent. It comes from, from being a positive player across the board. It's how he finished 14th at Palmetto third at the U S open. It's how he won the travelers. It is what he was doing the vast majority of last year. See, look at all this green. 
look at all this green. That's that's how he does it. So this is a really optimistic, um, a really optimistic first two set of ra- uh, first two rounds for Harris English. And if you look at his live odds, plus two seventy five. That's a bit rich for me. I don't know if that number is bettable at the moment. Plus two seventy five over at over at Caesars. I would probably put it closer to. With so many guys in the chase, also with no cut, also just the way the scoring has been, I mean, I I, I think his true odds are probably closer to like four to one, something like that. He wins it about 20% of the time. It's not like, yes, he has won golf tournaments. It is not like I would classify him as a prolific closer. I hope he does. He's in my I, he's, he's in my core. I've got no problem if he wants to go out and, and win this golf tournament by a couple of shots. But there, there will be guys in the chase pack that go out and shoot something really, really low. We've got two guys on the golf course right now in Cam Smith and Abraham Answer that have shot eight under, and they're not done yet. There, there are going to be low scores out there. He's going to see some challenges. Um, so, but, but so far, so good. As long as he can continue to do anything close to what we've seen, you know, even in the second round, I think he's in. I think he's in really good shape moving forward. Um, Louis has been just bonkers this year. You know, he is not cashing those outright tickets, but he is making you a ton of money in jock market. He's making you a ton of money on your favorite DFS site. I I mean, it's just, it's really nuts uh, what he has been up to. So if we look at his stats for this week, he is right. uh, How do I have this sorted here? Let's see, Louie. I guess I could just search him. Louie, gaining a shot and a half on approach, gaining three strokes putting. Now, normally, normally, being the you know uh, fourth or fifth best putter in the field through two rounds, that would be pretty concerning, wouldn't it? However, that's okay. So so don't blindly follow the idea that when guys are putting really putting really well, that that's a bad thing. Um, it's only really a bad thing if they're historically a poor putter. Louis Ustazen right on track. He is averaging a stroke gained per round on the putting surfaces. So through two rounds, you'd expect him to be a plus two. He's a plus 3.16. Now, more recently, I bet you he's gaining even more than that recently. Let's see. Let's just go since the sits. um, When did Louie get on this really hot stretch? PGA. Let's see. Here's Louie. This is his last 24 rounds. Yeah, let's just do this. Um, or let's say, okay, let's get rid of the masters. So let's just say since Valspar, which would be five, five, two, let's see if he's gaining any more on the putting surfaces since then. No, about the same, about a stroke per round. Here we go. Cam Smith, uh, putting to break the record for fewest putts in a single round in PGA tour history. He's addressed the ball putters back and through. He missed it on the low side. Never gave it a chance. Uh, that's the amateur side. He will tap in and he will add his name to a very long list of golfers who uh, have completed 18 putts in a single round. Ties the PGA Tour record. Pretty cool. Pretty interesting. We'll check out his round here in just one second now that he's done. Um, well, I wonder how popular he was this week. Probably not very popular. 9.7% for Cam Smith. Let's run over and see what his final metrics were here as he, he had himself a day. This should be updated. Am I completely updated here? Looks like I 
Yes, looks like I am because here's his here's his round two putt on number eighteen. So, uh, strokes gained putting in round number two, three point one nine. Where would that rank for Cam Smith all time? Three point one nine. Probably not going to be the most because you would think, yeah, it's not. He's actually had a bunch of rounds that are better. Um, he's probably had about a dozen rounds that are better. I mean, strokes gain putting is also a cumulative stat. So you have to remember if you're if you're making it from off the green, that's not helping your strokes gain putting numbers. What were his around the green numbers today? That would be interesting to see as well. Around the green, he was, yeah, plus 2.4. So you're talking about uh, 2.4 around the green. Did he finish on number nine? Oh, I'm sorry. No, no, right here. Okay, yes. Sorry. I'm, I, I, I thought I was disoriented. I'm not. So 2.4 around the green and another 3.2 call it two putting. So that is 5.6 or so. In short, in short game, 5.6 in short game, his third best short game round ever, uh, gained 7.3 at the RBC heritage and gained 5.9 to Valero, Texas open. So, uh, unlikely to think that, that cam Smith is going to have anything close to the round that he had on, on here on, on round number two on Friday, uh, a 62 again, or at least not do it in the same way, but that is, um, Certainly not going to be needed because now he's back in the mix. Gets himself back into the mix. Bryson just went 65-66. He is currently, uh, he's going to move up. He's going to move up to a tie for sixth here. Let's see what Bryson has been up to. Because Bryson came into the week kind of downplaying his chances and saying he's you know lost some yardage off the tee and he's lost some weight and he is still gaining a ton of strokes off the tee. Yeah, I mean, he's he's 3.5 off the tee over two rounds, 2.1 in round number one, 1.3 in round number two. This is this is um, this is so good. Riley says, Rick, who in terms of live betting, you cash hook on Cam Davis a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, that was a good one. Um, so I think there's a couple of, of of dart throws that stand out at the moment. One I mentioned was uh, Max Homa. He's 100 to one. The other one was Carlos Ortiz. He's 50 to one. Those are the two that uh, are unlikely to come in but I really like the way that they are setting up. Now, as far as someone uh, maybe a, a little bit closer to the top here, um, let's, let me give this a refresh and see. And I'm, I'm, it's going to be, this refresh is every 15 minutes, so uh, we're going to have to wait to see on, on Bryson's final number here. But we've got Bryson dominant off the tee, pretty darn good on approach, losing around the green and putting well. It's not a bad stat line for him. Let's see what else we have here. Answer, I'm not as excited about. Really good approach numbers. A little reliant on the short game at this point. See, this Carlos Ortiz one really, really stands out, doesn't it? Zalator's also not so bad. Okay, here's Stuart Sink. Let's see Sink. Okay, this could be really interesting because watch this. Sink is, Sink is at six under. Um... And he's probably playing, so he's probably playing 16 right now. So if he can make, oh, but he started on the back. And he started on the back, doesn't matter. I thought he was going to the par five, but it does not matter. Um, all right, I'm not nearly as excited about that then. Yeah, I'm not loving um, any numbers here at the top 
compared to what I'm seeing in their in their metrics. Um, Louis kind of interesting. Let's see what Poulter did. That's a that's a name we have not looked at yet. Let's see what Poulter's up to. Oh, yeah, this is pretty scary. This is dangerous, especially with water lurking in some places. Being being at minus two and a half off the tee is really scary. And gaining seven in your short game, which I know that's what Poulter does, but that's a lot. That's a lot more than what he does. Someone just went in the water. Please don't tell me it was Brooks or Spieth. I missed it. I'm going to rewind. Please don't be Brooks or Spieth. It's Spieth again. Oh, my God. Didn't he hit the same shot yesterday? Is there any chance that ball hung up on the edge? God, Jordan, what are you doing, bud? Let's check to see if what the tracker has, see if they put Spieth in the water there. They did. Oh, my God, he had to lay back. There. He had to lay back to like 80. Oh, my God. Jordan is just punting this round away. So he had to actually hit. So how far is this? So his drive was uh, basically from where he had to play from went 180 yards because he had to play it back here. Oh man, that is so frustrating. Can I can I tell you how frustrating this round is for Jordan Spieth? I mean, he goes out in three under, and you're thinking, all right, come on, just keep it going. He gets another at 11. He gets the four under. He makes a bogey on 14. from here right chips it to he's on the fringe he's 16 feet away i don't know if he chipped it or putted it to 11 feet and missed that a horribly ugly bogey horribly ugly bogey on on 14 gets it right back at 15 then he goes to 16 the easiest hole on the golf course that is only by the time he went through there yielded one bogey and one double. That was it. He hits his approach to here on the green. This is now for, he's now putting for Eagle. I mean, he's, he's, he's 54 feet away, but he's putting for Eagle runs it off the green has to chip into the hill. Come. This is, this is, and then he hits, hits it, hits it into the water on 18. This is mind bogglingly horrible. Um, the good news is not if you're an investor of him before the week started, because I don't, I don't think we like our chances anymore, especially if he can, if he can make, if he can just salvage a bogey on 18, which I think he's going to have a putt for. Let's see. He did hit his approach. Yeah. He's got eight feet. So 50, 50 shot. And for speed, it's probably a little bit better than that. Call it 55% that Spieth can make a bogey on um, 18 to shoot two under for the day. I would love that, but it's also probably going to be worse than field average, isn't it? No, it's going to be slightly better than field average. But but what could have been? I mean, this 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 round... So maybe this is why... I mean, he could make an interesting showdown play, right? Because... He had he has this capability. He was four under, um, made a horrible bogey at fourteen. He could have been he could have been very easily five under at fifteen, playing the easiest hole. Get to six under. This could have very easily been six under. Like not, and I'm not, and I know we're playing the what if game constantly, but I don't even think you have to do it all that much here for Jordan Speed. 
Jonathan K says Spieth and Brooks won't place well at this point, but maybe they don't sink your and my lineups if they have good weekends. Yeah. So what you re- what you're looking for if you are a Spieth and um, Kepka backer like I am. So they are at so Brooks just tapped in, so he's going to finish one under through two rounds, and he is going to be probably yeah t forty eight t fifty something like that. Um, the here's Burger putting putting for birdie. The best case scenario is that on Saturday you get a round like Webb Simpson gave us, right? You get a five under round and he moves up 31 spots and he moves up to like T25. And then on Sunday he shoots, you know, another three or four under. I mean, he's not, he's not out of finishing top 12 here. Neither of them are, but they need two really good rounds. They just showed, I mean, Kepka was going along fine as well for a while. Kepka was three under through three. He was three under through 11. I mean, he, he, he bogeyed the par five. There, there were so many shots left out there by both of these guys that it, it at least gives you a little bit of optimism uh, that they can just hold it together over the weekend and shoot two good ones. But I don't know. Spieth putting for par on it on, or excuse me for bogey on 18. He missed it. What a horrible putt. So Spieth is actually going to finish worse than Kepka here after two rounds because he's going to be at even par. Absolutely, that is um, it's really bad golf. It, no, it wasn't. It was really good golf and a, a few really stupid, horrible shots. I, I want to see what his final numbers are. So Spieth is going to be. Let's see. I'll just, what's the best way to find Spieth here? Okay. So round two, Spieth was, is he done? He was a positive player off the tee, even though he fired one into the water on 18. Let's see. Round two. Off the tee. So many numbers on this screen. Okay. Off the tee. Yeah, he lost 1.4. Wow. So this this is what I mean when I say there's reasons to be optim- optimistic. He was gaining a stroke and a half off the tee through 17 holes and hit one in the water. On approach, round two, he lost a stroke. And really, that came at four. So, so this is really about... Um, here it is. Here it is for Jordan Speed. One bad drive, the drive on 18. One bad approach shot, the approach shot on four, which, what was his approach shot on four? Oh, he hit into the water. And one bad putt on 16, which is where he putted it off the green. So those three shots. Those three solitary shots cost him one, um, let's see, cost him four strokes, three shots, four strokes, three, three swings, three swings. He lost four strokes combined to the field. I, I don't know. Should, should I be, a, should I be 
Should I be happy or sad about that? That's such a strange round. I mean, to lose four strokes on three swings of the golf club, one was a putt. I don't know. I don't know. All right, let's see what else is out there. I, I can I can just I can bemoan the the um Jordan Speed stuff all, all day long, but my gosh, that was terrible. Okay, let's see what we got here. Um let's go back to the leaderboard. Let's go back to the strokes gain leaderboard. I just want round two. Let's see. I just want, I want to see what Brooks did. So here's here's Brooks. 14th off the tee, 10th on approach. 64th around the green, 60th on putting. This this would be an optimist. Uh, again, I can find reason to be optimistic there. If Paul Casey didn't bogey two of his last three, I really like him. His approach has been off, and I think he can find it. Let's see. Paul Casey is here. Uh, 47th off the tee in round two, 36th. Wow, he gained a ton of strokes putting. Isn't that annoying? You finally get the good putting round from Paul Casey. Although I guess he shot four under. Paul Casey's in, in Paul Casey's in this thing. Wow. Birdie 14, 16, 17, 18 on his way in. Really strong finish there. Really strong finish. Let's go see what else we can find. There's just so much going on here. What do I think of Coke Racks and Webb's numbers? Let's take a look. So you can use the live leaderboard. This is rickrungood.com. You separate them by a comma. You can see. Uh, all right, let's just do round two for today. So Webb, interesting. Webb lost strokes on approach. That's usually concerning. He got a hot putter. Was great off the tee. These were kind of flipped, right? I wouldn't be like, this would have been such a Webb stat line if these two were flipped off the tee and approach. If he gained... You know, if he lost a half a stroke off the tee and he gained 1.2 on approach, that would be more web-like. Uh, I'm not overly concerned because it's not that drastic. And he's always a very good putter. He has he is very capable of rolling in, you know, a bunch of putts. And over the course of the week, this is shocking to me. 3.14 loss on approach for Webb in two rounds. When's the last time he's... Has he been... Let's see. So he is on pace to lose. Not, not that strokes gained isn't on pace thing, but he's lost 3.1. That would be his worst tournament since the 2020 Memorial, and he's not done yet. If he continued on that pace, it would be his worst tournament since maybe ever. Let me keep going back because I have more. Um, I actually, this, this tool actually has more strokes gain data on it. I'm working on, I'm, I'm infusing the, or injecting the database with more, or the tools with more um, strokes gain numbers. The golfer profile is the most up to date. Uh, and obviously that is not correct. So I'll have to update that. He did not lose 41, 41 strokes on approach at the BMW championship. There's something wrong with the PGA tour feed, but um he is on pace to basically have one of his worst approach weeks ever second worst. So that's a little bit concerning for me. Coke rack on the other hand. Yeah. I mean, same thing. It's been really bad on approach. 
Putter hasn't been able to bail him out like it like it normally has. I'd be worried about that. What are their odds? Because I'm not sure I would want to bet these guys. Webb is 200 to 1. Do I need to refresh this or does it refresh automatically? I think it refreshes automatically, doesn't it? Webb is 200 to 1. Well, I guess he's nine shots back. Yeah, Homa was 100 to 1. So I guess that's not not that crazy. If Berger can birdie 18, you know, he's in the fairway bunker though, and I bet you nobody's want to bet nobody's made made a birdie from the fairway bunker on 18. I don't know this to be true yet. Yeah, I'm right. So here's the fairway bunker on 18. Uh, any of them, no one's made birdie from there. Mostly pars though. There's not been a bogey from those from those bunkers either. Uh, maybe that might be one or two there, but uh, mostly pars coming out of that fairway bunker. Justin Thomas. Let's look and see what Justin Thomas is up to. Such a such a frustrating. You know, it's uh, again nobody cares about my bad beats. I, I, prom- I promise you that <laughs> nobody cares about it. Um, all right, JT. So this is round two. Gained a half a strokes with the putter. Oh, this this is really encouraging, right? Okay, so JT gained 2.7 strokes on approach. That is very encouraging. Oh my gosh, did you guys see that? <laughs> oh man. So I have I'm sharing my screen. I didn't pause my Slack notifications. So my wife just said, show your cute new haircut. Oh man. There it is. Oh boy, that was awkward. Um JT's putter, or I'm sorry, JT's approach numbers, 2.7 strokes on approach. What did he do in round one? Because remember, this has been a trouble, a trouble. Wow. Gained another two and a half. So you're telling me JT, is this right? JT has gained. Are they doing this by average? What is going on? Let me, I, I, I trust my own site, the, the way to do this better. Let's, let's do this. Thomas, maybe it wasn't updating. What is, what is the PGA Tours website doing? Okay. No, he was even in round one. He gained two. Okay. But that's still reason to be optimistic, right? Because what, what had been plaguing Justin Thomas is poor approach play. Or at least at least by his own standards, right? Because that's normally where he's been so good. But we haven't seen him consistently gain like he was right here. This stretch of golf where he was just absolutely dominant on approach, that's the vintage JT. So how far back is JT? That's the question. Probably too far. Seven back. I real I just really don't like the top of this board. He's 33 to 1. I don't think I really don't think any of these numbers are all that bettable, to be real. I don't want to bet Harris English at plus 275. I don't want to bet Answer or Smith. Bryson might be the one. Let's do this. Let's do a quick little um You should try the Cam Smith hair, Rick. Then Mina won't mention it. No, she'll trust me. She'll mention it. She'll definitely mention it. Just not to you guys. Um, Bryson, 
Scheffler. Okay. So, man, I don't love any. I mean, the the Bryson stuff's probably the best. It's probably the best number. Nine to one. He is, for the most part, uh, playing to his strengths. The ball striking's been phenomenal. He's putting well, but he's a very good putter. That's fine. This, this to me is, is if you showed me this stat line, I could have guessed this was Bryson. So I'm, I, I think that if you made, if you needed to make a bet right now and you were really worried about value, he's four back. He's nine to one. I mean, he's only he's only a point shorter than Louis is, and Louis at the same. Burns is twelve to one, and Burns is three back. Um, hold on one second, guys. I'm getting the bat signal here. I'm getting the bat signal that we're we're doing the first cut. Um, so give me a couple minutes here. But here's where we're at. And there's a lot of guys that are, I mean, this is this is this round's basically already over. So here's where I think we're at here. We've got a situation where probably none of these are all that bettable um in the moment. That might change on Saturday night. I believe Bryson's number is the most bettable. Nine to one. Really good number for a guy who's playing to his strengths and is a prolific winner. So, so Bryson's probably the Friday night bet of the short guys. I've also really like the way, or I don't like the way, uh, but Homa was playing so great until the 18th hole. And he's a hundred to one. He's probably too far back, but he's six back of, of second tough golf courses. Although this isn't playing all that tough are usually better for Homa. I liked that Carlos Ortiz at 50. Again, he might be too far back, but he's only four back of second is interesting. So the two dark throws would be Ortiz and Homa with Bryson, I believe being the best value as of right now. Um, the other things are for showdown. Spieth just gave his round away with three swings of the club. Literally in three swings, he lost four shots to the field. He could have had a massive day, which is, I guess, good news. Um, Kepka kind of similar, didn't really take advantage of the holes that he wanted to. So those would be guys that I would think would be kind of some of these bounce back candidates. Um, and then let me do one more quick glance at the live leaderboard here. Just for for second round numbers, I mean, Kepka was second in the field on on approach and just hemorrhage strokes on and around the green. Hovland too. Hovland, great ball striking day, not a great short game day. He's too far back, but maybe a showdown option, maybe a third round matchup. Oh, that's the other thing, third round matchup. So here here are guys that I would be. Uh, I would be loading up on third round matchups for Kepka, Hovland, even Spieth, three swings. Um, guys I would be playing against. Maybe not as much answer, but Cam Smith. If you gain five and a half strokes on approach, 
or excuse me, around the green and on the green short game, that's coming back to earth. I'd be playing against, uh, I wouldn't be playing against Louie. So again, I, I often say, you know, guys that are putting really well, you know, they're going to come back to earth. That's not always true because Louie's a great putter. And also he gained in all other categories. So I would not, I would not be trying to pick on Louie. Same with Phil gained on the ball striking categories. I'd be picking against Victor Perez. I don't know what, I don't know who you could get against Victor Perez, but to lose 2.8 off the tee to be a zero approach, a zero around the green and gain two putting that's probably coming back down to earth. I, I would, I would, I would be betting against Sam Burns right now. So that's kind of where we're at. This round's almost over, which means we're firing up the first cut podcast. So I apologize. I know it's a short one this week, but with no cut sweat, uh, or with no cut, there really is no cut sweat. And obviously I've got some other obligations that I have to run to, but, um, here's where we're at. Uh, by the way, Devin says, what golf ball do you play? Uh, I play a vice pro plus. So to me, it's exactly the same as a Titleist pro V one. I can't tell the difference between the two. The only thing that I can tell a difference between is when I hit a, a Titleist, um, and I hit a wedge, I swear it rips or cuts every single time. I'm a bad golfer. Maybe I'm doing something wrong, but the vice balls are much more durable. So that's kind of where I'm at at the moment. Um, it's been fun. It has been, this is an, it's a really interesting week. I'm a little, I'm a little sour about the Brooks and, and speed finish. I got to be honest with you guys, but, um, maybe they can make a move on the weekend. Cause I've got a pretty decent little $200, uh, single entry lineup out there that I would prefer my two most expensive golfers to not uh, finish 50th and 51st. So that would be, that would be pretty nice. Um, next time I'll see you guys. So first of all, I, I have a new uh, 300 yards to unknown podcast out right now. It is uh, Joe Griner, who's Max Homas caddy, uh, an interview with him. And then also a little bit of a reaction to the new schedule for next year, which is kind of interesting. And um, I've got, I've got something brewing Something else brewing that's coming soon, but I'm not ready to announce that yet, but something else brewing. And if you want to talk more about round two, I'm literally going to go join Greg and Jacob right now on the first cup podcast and talk about it. So you're going to see me in the same spot in the same shirt in like five minutes, uh, on the first cut podcast. So good luck the rest of the way. I'll catch you guys on Twitter. Have a great weekend.